excuse me, Judges chapter 21, 21, verse 25. Isn't it good to be saved? Oh, yeah, I like that one. Let's try that again. Isn't it good to be saved? There we go. There we go. There we go. Judges chapter number 21, and we're going to begin in verse number 25. Now, you don't have outlines, as you well have seen already. Uh, I, I want you to listen today. I want you to listen. I'm going to try to cover a lot. How many of y'all have ever seen Smokey and the Bandit? <clears throat> yeah. All right. Uh, raise your hand if you've seen it. All right. Raise your hand if you hadn't. Oh, non-American, non-American. All right. Smokey said, I've got a what? Long way to go and a. That's what we got this morning. So I would rather you just pay attention, all right? I'd rather you just listen close, okay? Uh, I've got the outlines. I've got them printed out. Uh, uh, so if you have to have one, that's okay. Uh, just let us know. We'll get it to you. Uh, but I really would. I really would like for you to just sit and listen this morning. Uh, and, and we're going to cover, I, I, I was here a long time. I mean, I, I was going back and forth between Matthew and, and, and just the, things that are going on in our country, and I think it needs to be addressed. And so so we're going to do that this morning. Now let's just read this one verse, and then we'll pray and get started this morning. Once again, are you glad to be saved? Yeah. Yeah. Verse number 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now let's read together. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love and your mercy, your kindness. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being in this place and, and being together. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity of taking your word and dissecting it and, and, and reading it and studying it and learning. Lord, I thank you for the people who've come and they're hungry and they want to hear from you. And Father, I pray they will not be disappointed. I pray the Holy Spirit will move in this place. I pray that you'll take your word and drill it into our souls and in our heart, not just so that we can hear it, but so that we can apply it and let it change our lives. God, I praise you and I thank you. Lord, I pray that you'll let my mouth be a mouthpiece. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't say and don't let me forget anything I should say. And Lord, be with our country. Be with our leaders, be with our communities, be with our churches, be with our homes and our families. I praise you today and I glorify you and I thank you. You're worthy of our praise. And Lord, we praise your name. God will praise you and thank you and give you the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, you may be seated. You may be seated. In those days, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. If you turn on the TV, if you turn on the news, it, you, you cannot help but to look at the chaos that we are experiencing in our world. Not just in our country, but in our world. If you think that, that the chaos is only in America, you're kidding yourself. You're not, you're not seeing the whole picture. This world is full of chaos and turmoil. Let's just focus on our country a minute. Uh, there are people that are running around and saying this is a black and white issue. There are some people running around saying it's a Republican Democrat issue. It, it, it is all Trump's fault. 
or it's all the liberal leaders' fault. It's this or that. And and I, I, I want to submit to you this morning that it is not a black and white issue. It is not a race issue. It is not a political issue. It's not uh, whether we need more laws or less laws. Uh, everything that has taken place is already against the law. So if, if, if another law was instituted, it's not going to change anything. Ladies and gentlemen, what we are witnessing and what we are seeing, it is not any of those things that's being claimed. What we are seeing is humanity without God. It's humanity without God. And I, 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 I can't help, and you're going to see this. You're going to see this. It is so, it, it is in living color in the book of Judges. And I'm going to show you that here today. But in order to get to where we want to go in the book of Judges, I, I got to take you back a little ways and let's look at a little history that leads us up to this point here in the book of Judges. First, we find the nation of Israel was not a nation. They were a family that expanded and expanded and expanded to the point that they were, uh, listen, over a million people as slaves. We have a group of slaves. Now, you got to get that. They were not a nation. They were slaves. They were a group of slaves who God sent a man, Moses, to deliver them out of Egypt. And he said, come on. And God delivered them. Make a long story short. Everybody knows the story, the plagues and so forth and so on. Well, when they came out of Egypt, they came out of Egypt, they came to a place called Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, God met with them and God told them who he was. God told them the purpose of his delivering them out of Egypt. And God set up a theocracy in that point in that time. He gave them laws. He gave them guidelines. He gave them principles. He gave them promises. Are y'all with me so far? God turned a group of slaves into a nation and he promised to be their God. He promised to be their king. He promised to bless them and bless those that bless them and curse those that curse them. God said, I'm going to take you to a land that floweth with milk and honey. I'm going to give you houses you did not build. I'm going to give you vineyards you did not plant. I'm going to give you wells that you did not dig. I'm going to give you a good land, a great land, and I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to go as a hornet before you and drive the people out and and give you blessings beyond your imagination. But in order to receive that, you're going to have a covenant with me. And you're going to do what I tell you to do. You're going to follow me. And this is the job. This is the responsibility that you have. To love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. That was their job. To love God. I want you to love me. Put no other gods before me. I will be your king. Say that with me. I will be your I will be your king. Listen, your responsibility is to love me. Your responsibility is to teach your children about me. I want you to tell them when they wake up. I want you to tell them at midday. I want you to tell them when they go to bed. I want you to tell them about who I am. I want you to give them my law and give them my word. Teach them my principles. Are y'all with me? Their responsibility was to love God. Their responsibility was to teach their children to love God. Their responsibility was to stay separated. Here's a key. They were to stay separated from the wicked people around them. He said, when you go into Canaan, when you go into the promised land, I want you to drive them out. 
I want, they have, God has had mercy. God has been patient. God has been long suffering with the Canaanites for 400 years. He put up with their wickedness, but no longer. There is a limit to God's patience. Are y'all with me? And he said, I want you to drive the inhabitants out. I don't want you to mingle with them. I don't want you to live with them. I don't want you to, listen, uh, be with them. I want you to drive them out. Because if you don't, they will corrupt you. They'll corrupt you. And guess what? Guess what? We find at the beginning of the book of Judges, we find, well, let, me, let me just go back. Let me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. That is in Exodus Then we find in Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy means second law. Second law. This is a reminder to them. If y'all remember, because of their disobedience and unbelief, they had to go and and wander in the wilderness again. Are y'all with me? And then they came back, and now they're fixing to go in with Joshua. Deuteronomy is given, which means second law. In other words, Moses is reminding them again what God said. Moses is reminding them that he is God and there is no other. Moses is reminding them again to love God with all your heart. Moses is reminding them again in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Teach your children my principles, my word, and my law. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He is saying, I am your king. I am your king. Joshua reminds them again. You see this? We have it in Genesis, or excuse me, Exodus. We have it in Deuteronomy 6. We have it in the last chapter of Joshua. How many of y'all remember? When they go in and they have conquered, it is time to take possession of the land. And Joshua has a come to Jesus meeting with them. And he says, listen, you're going to make up your mind. You're going to choose this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What Joshua is saying, as for me and my house, he is my king. It's what the Lord is. The word Lord means authority. It means, it basically means our king. If he is your Lord, he is your king. He is your sovereign, if you will. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Choose you this day. Make up your minds. And the people say, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Now let's look in our Bibles. Let's look in our Bibles to Judges chapter number two. Judges chapter number two. He said, I'm your king. I give you laws. I give you principles. I want all, all I require. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to give you. Now he's talking to a group of slaves. A group of slaves. This is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I'm going to bless you. This is what I'm going to bestow upon you. And all I ask is for you to love me and teach your children to love me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. That we will do. Joshua says one more time. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. He is my king, Joshua says. Oh yeah, we're going to do that too. We're going to do that too. But look in Joshua chapter number two, or excuse me, Judges chapter number two. The Bible says, verse number seven, verses number seven. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. 
And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Ares in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gaish. And also all that generation were gathered unto the fathers. And there arose another generation after them. Say that with me. And Oh yeah, all five of you. Come on. Here we go. And there arose another generation after them. Say it again. And there which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Ready or not, here they come. How many of y'all in here that love God understand there's a generation coming after us? As long as Joshua was alive, as long as the elders were alive, as long as those who had seen the works of God, they saw the water come out of a rock, they saw manna come down from heaven, they saw God, listen, do the things that he had done, the miracles that he had supplied, the works of the Lord, as long as all of them was alive, they followed the Lord, they followed the king. But as soon as they died, the Bible says, there came a generation after them who knew not the Lord and they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, I want to, I want to, I'm just going to give you three, three words, three words in the definition of these three words to sum up this, this time, this time in the nation of Israel. It says in those days, that, that, that time, that time of the judges, if you will, and chapter 17 through 21 sum up those times. Chapter 17 through 21 gives us little snapshots, if you will, that describe the period of the judges. In other words, you can go through the book of Judges and you can see the different judges that God raised up. And what I mean by that is the nation of Israel would rebel, God would punish, and then they would cry out for mercy and God would send a judge or a deliverer, a hero, to get them out of their suffering. If that makes sense, say amen. And over and over again, you have this same pattern. They would rebel. God would rebuke. And then God would send a deliverer. They would rebel. God would, listen, rebuke them and punish them and put them into captivity by the enemy. And then God would send a deliverer to deliver them out. Over and over and over again, God would have to do that. And you would think they would learn. You would think that after, listen, time after time after time of God having to get their attention that they would learn. But that's not the case. Now you would think, you would think after the tragedies we faced in our country, we would learn. You would think after 9-11, when everybody said, especially Christians, we won't forget, but we did. After every tragedy, after every situation, after the, listen, after the, 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 the tornadoes in our own community, oh, we need God and we won't forget, but we did. Listen, at, be, at the beginning of this pandemic, oh, we need to pray, we need to ask God to help, and we need to ask God to move. We need to ask God to move. And in just a little short period of time, we've gone from that to complaining about fireworks. And there's one thing that I have noticed and there's one thing I have witnessed 
is that after every single time, we forget faster. After 9-11, there was a while where people were still flooding the churches and people were still going. It was still in their memory. But every single time, God has to get our attention over and over and over. Every single time, we'll get straight for a little bit, but then we'll forget. And every time that goes by, we forget faster and faster and faster and faster. It's amazing to me that God took something and in a moment of time, he took away all the distractions. He took away all of our idols. Yeah, I said it. He took away the idol of sports. He took the idol of hobbies. He took the idols of everything that would distract us and that we have a tendency to put before God and put as a priority in our life. And we don't, we put God on the back burner because we're too busy doing all these things. And God took them all away in a moment and gave us time to think about it. You would think, you would think that America's Christians would wake up And we would realize what is really important. We would realize what is really important and what should be a priority in our life. But we haven't. We haven't. You would think, you would think after we had, listen, we, we have had the, 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 the opportunity and had our chance to worship together and had our chance to spend time with God together and obey the scriptures of gathering together, you would think that Christians would just flock to the churches and be ready to get back in worship, in corporate worship to God. But guess what? We haven't. And before you before you come at me with, with all, listen, there are people, there are Christians today that are staying home because it's convenient. It has nothing to do with the virus. You know why? We're no different than the nation of Israel. We haven't learned. We haven't learned. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Chapter 17 through 21 gives snapshots. And this is what we see. In chapter 17 and 18, we find religious confusion. Now just stay with me. I'll give you, I promise you, I'll give you the outline. We have religious confusion. We have a man deciding he's going to do religion the way he wants to do it. He's not going to go by what God taught on Mount Sinai. He's just going to do it his own way. He's going to get his own priest. He's going to get his own idol. He's going to make his own religion. He's going to do it his way. It causes religious confusion. Then we see not only that, but the next chapter we find there's gross immorality. And I don't, I don't want to get vulgar, but if you'll read it, you'll find out there was gang rape going on. And then, listen, there was murder taking place in this chapter. Isn't it amazing that right after religious confusion, you have gross immorality and we have idolatry, then we have immorality. Immorality is right after idolatry. Our country is full of idolatry. Our country is full of immorality. And then we find in 20 and 21, what do we have? We have complete civil war. Complete civil war. I'm talking about 
a civil war amongst families. A civil war amongst a group of people that was God's chosen people who God called out and said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to curse them that curse you. I'm going to give you my blessings. I'm going to give you my principles. I'm going to give you my promises and all of this. And we go from that. We go from the last chapter. We go from, now now stay with me. We go from the last chapter of Joshua where the people are saying, the Lord, he is God. We're going to serve him. He is our king. To one book in the Bible. One book in the Bible. 21 chapters later, we are at a place where it says there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And we go from a united front saying we're going to serve the king. He is our king to ultimate civil war in 21 chapters. 21 chapters. Why? There was no king in Israel. What are we seeing today? What are we seeing today in America? We're seeing humanity without a king. And I'm not talking about one in a palace on earth, and I'm not talking about one in a White House in, in Washington. I'm talking about a king in their heart. When we pray, when we pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy. When you pray, thy will be done, you're submitting to his kingship. When you say thy kingdom come, you are saying, Lord, I want your reign in my life. I want you to rule my thoughts. I want you to rule my behavior. I want to, I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to submit to you as my king. And what do we see? Turn on the TV and you see humanity without a king. So how do you know that? Because God is not the author of confusion. And all I see today is total confusion. God is the, he's not the author of chaos. The Bible said he's the king of peace. No justice, no peace. Well, I beg to differ. No king, no peace. How do we get there? How in the world can we go from he is our king, we will choose him? How in the world do we go from following a king and enjoying his blessings and in 21 chapters we have gang rape and we have civil war and we have complete idolatry? How did that happen? How do we go from God bless America? From sea to shining sea. How did we go from a country that was in God we trust to what we see today? Three words I want you to write down that we're going to find right here. Three words. How do we get to civil war? First, it starts with apathy. Write that word down. It starts, say it with me, it with apathy. It doesn't start. Have y'all figured out? It just goes. It goes with everything. It goes with everything. How many of y'all know people don't just, they're not on fire for God one day 
And then the next Sunday, they're completely out of church. How many of y'all know it don't work that way? Man, y'all quiet this morning. We're going to have to get that coffee shop back open. Let me say it again. How many of y'all understand you don't, you don't go from being on fire for God one Sunday and then the next Sunday you out? No, it, there, there's, a, there's a slow fade. There's a slow drift. Y'all with me? You, 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 don't go, you don't go from the last chapter of Joshua to the last chapter of Judges overnight. It begins with apathy. It begins with apathy. Let's give the definition. Do you have that in the, on, the, on the screen? Read it with me. Tell, me. tell me what the definition of apathy is. There is a... Say it again. Now say it one more time so you'll remember it. How do I know that the nation of Israel was apathetic? How do I know that the nation of Israel were apathetic in their walk with God and their desire for God and taking seriously the things of God? How do I know? The Bible says in Judges chapter 2 verse 10, And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, say it with me, which knew not the Lord. There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Preacher, what are you saying? They didn't teach them to their children. They didn't take the things of God seriously. They didn't take the principles of God seriously. They didn't take the laws of God seriously. They did not transfer the knowledge. They did not transfer the love. They did not transfer the commitment. They did not transfer the concern and the enthusiasm for the things of God. They became apathetic in their walk with God. They became apathetic with their relationship with God. And because of that, there arose a whole generation who knew not the Lord. Now, it goes deeper than that, but I don't have time. But I'm going to give you a little snippet. If you will go read in Judges chapter number 1, I'll give you some homework. If you go read in Judges chapter number 1, you will find out that, now remember, now remember, God said when you go into Canaan, drive them out. Drive the inhabitants out. Drive the Canaanite dwellers out. They are ungodly. They are beyond wicked. Drive them out. Do not associate with them. Do not mingle with them. Don't marry them. Don't let them marry your people. Completely drive them out. But guess what happened? Chapter 1, Judges. The Bible says they did not drive them out. Tribe after tribe after tribe, when they should have driven them out, They did not drive them out. But what did they do? What did they do? The Bible said they put them to tribute. Now, what does it mean to put to tribute? In other words, they made them start paying taxes. Instead of driving them out, instead of separating them from who they were and from their children, they said, hey, there's no sense in getting rid of them when we can make some money off of them. 
And they were more concerned about making money than they were protecting the integrity and the spirituality of their children. And because of that, they lost a whole generation. Apathetic. Not taking it seriously. A lack of concern. Let me tell you something. I'm seeing it over and over and over. And don't, don't think I don't like sports. Don't think I don't like sports. I like sports. I love football. I love Florida Gator football. And it ain't been good very long. It's been terrible. And God help us all. And all you Alabama fans, y'all been living in the dream world. It's coming to an end, people. Saban is going to retire soon. Bless God if our prayers have anything to do with it. And all you Auburn fans say amen. I see head shaking out there. Amen. I love sports. And I love hobbies. I love fishing. Now I love hunting. I love all that stuff. But you know what I'm seeing in people? Listen, we have, we have travel wall. We have all of these things going on where people are taking their kids away from God, away from church, away from Bible training, and they're spending every weekend during the summers in baseball fields and football fields, and they're teaching them how to throw a football and how to hit a baseball, but they're not teaching them who God is. And that is idolatry. At some point, somebody is going to have to say something. And we get angry. We get angry if our kid goes crazy and says, well, our churches are not doing the job. They can't do the job if you ain't here. And we're losing these children. We're losing these young people. 70%, this is the average people, 70% of our kids that are growing up in church by their first year in college, they're out for good. You know why? Apathy. We can take or leave church. Let me say it again. We can take or leave church. You know when we go to church? When we ain't got nothing else going on. I'm going to make a whole bunch of people mad, but I'm just going to tell you. It is what it is. I'm going to let the rough end drag. Tired of losing these kids. And it starts with apathy. They lost a whole generation because they did not teach them the principles. And, and here's more important, the priorities. Do you realize, I, I, this didn't even dawn on me to just now I'm thinking about this. This is, this is from God right now. Do you realize you cannot teach priorities? Think about that a minute. You know how you you know how your kids learn what's important to you by what they see, Amen. not by what you say. You can tell your kids that God is priority, but if you don't make Him priority by how you live and how you behave and what you make important to you, some of your kids, some of your kids, the only thing they think is important is sports, because that's what you've made a priority. It doesn't matter what you say to them. What matters is what you show them. Are y'all with me? Let's hurry. Let's hurry. I don't have time. Where does this start? It begins with, say it with me. Come on now. At least fake it. Fake it. 
All right, I know you're mad, but that's all right. Get an ice cream after church. You'll get over it quick. Amen. It begins with apathy, a lack of concern, a lack of enthusiasm. When's the last time you just got as excited? And, and, and I, I don't want to be... I don't want to be super spiritual about all this stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a regular guy just like you guys. I'm telling you, I like the stuff. I like the, the hobbies. and, the, and the, but, but when's the last time you got enthused and excited and jacked up about the things of God? I'm telling you, if our kids see the only excitement we show is when it has something to do with something secular and not something spiritual, that's going to be ingrained in their brain. I want them to see me excited about going to church. I want them to see me ironing my clothes a Saturday night so I'll be ready Sunday morning. My kids saw it last night. They know. They're not asking. They're not asking, what are we doing tomorrow? They know. Listen, are you enthused about the things of God? Do you have an excitement in you? Well, please, please don't expect, don't expect your kids to be excited about something you're not. And let me just throw this in while I'm at it. If I got everybody mad anyhow, let me just throw this in. If all you ever do when you go home is complain and whine about the service, about the message, about the church, about the temperature, about the singing, what you don't like, what do you think your kids are going to do? Several, several years ago, several, several years ago, a little fella come up to me and said, and the bad part was there's several men standing around. Little fella said, uh, my daddy says you do stuff wrong. <laughs> His daddy was standing there. <laughs> I said, is that right? I had to roll with it. This was great. I said, is that right? I said, what? He said, everything. <laughs> hey, you better watch them little monkeys. They'll tell on you. Yeah, right. Apathy. But you know what apathy turns into? Apostasy. Apostasy. Say, what is apostasy? It's a leaving. It's a leaving. Let me give you the definition. Look at what it says. Look what it says. Let's read it. The abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief. Say it with me. The. The Bible says, the Bible says, in the last days, the Laodicean age, the last days before Christ comes back, they'll be lukewarm. Right? You're not hot and you're not cold. Because you're lukewarm, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. That's the condition. That you know what that, that, that you know what that describes? Apathy. They're not out, but they're not in. Y'all with me? We're not on fire, but we're not completely out. We, 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 at least we're here. God says that makes me sick. I'll spew thee out of my mouth. God hates apathy. Because he knows apathy turns into apostasy. Yeah. Apathy leads 
to leaving. Let me say that again. Apathy leads to leaving. When you stop being excited. When you stop taking the things of God seriously. When you can take or leave your Bible. When you can take or leave the church. When you can take or leave worship. When you can take or leave prayer. When God becomes a second thought. When God becomes a leftover. When God in the church and worship becomes what you do when you ain't got nothing else going on. It leads to completely leaving. Do you realize in the last few months there have been there have been there have been major Christian book writers, major Christian singing group lead singers denounce the faith and say we no longer believe in God. Just happened last week. Now I'm going to say this according to Scripture. According to Scripture, they never were a believer. Because in the New Testament, the Bible says they're not with us. He said, which proves they were not of us. Because if they were of us, they'd still be with us. Now, but what are we seeing? A fading away. According to scripture, it's called the falling away before the the son of perdition is revealed, which is the Antichrist. Before he's revealed, there's going to be a great falling away. Do you realize church attendance today is the lowest it's ever been in history, even before the pandemic? You know why? Because there's a falling away. Because for so many years, we were apathetic. Because for so many years, we didn't take God seriously. We didn't take his word seriously. We didn't take his law seriously. We didn't take his worship seriously. Sports were more important. Hobbies were more important. Everything else was more important. And now there's a great falling away because apathy. Watch this. Let me show you. I got Bible. Watch this. Judges chapter 2. What happened? There was a whole nation because of their apathetic response to Christian principles or godly principles. They didn't know the Lord. Watch this. Judges chapter 2 verse verse 11. And the children did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. And the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them. And you know who them were? Them were the ones that were supposed to be driven out, remember? Who Who the children of Israel apathetically left them and didn't do what they were supposed to do. And now it's infected their children. And they forsook the Lord. What they do, they left. But lastly, lastly, and I'm done. You see this march, this march from the last chapter of Joshua where it says, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, The march from we will serve the Lord. He will be our God. That's what the people said. That was their response to Joshua. When Joshua said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You know what they said? Me too, me too. And we go from that to apathy. Not taking God seriously. Not taking his principles. Not being enthused about the things of God. And we fail to teach them to our children. We fail to train our children. We fail to transfer our love for God to them and teach them to love God with all of their heart. And because of our apathy, we find their apostasy. 
What we do in moderation, our children will do in excess. I read a story today. Not today, yesterday. I read a story yesterday of a preacher had two sons. These two sons found a stray dog. The dog was black and had white streaks on its tail. Now this is this is a true story. I couldn't believe it. This was a preacher. And these dogs fell in love, or excuse me, these sons fell in love with this dog and wanted to keep this dog. Well, they found out a new family had moved into the neighborhood and they had lost a dog with that was black with white streaks on his tail. Well, when the family came to this household and said, hey, hey, we have lost a dog and we think you have our dog. Well, the two sons took polish, shoe polish, and, and, and put black on the white streaks on the tail of the dog and brought said, listen, this can't be your dog. There's no white on this dog. And the preacher father said, that's right. How can this be your dog? There's no, in other words, he covered for the boys and lied. And those two boys grew up. And their names are Frank and Jesse James. What we do in moderation, our children will do in excess. We, now stay with me guys, stay with me. Man, I got a chill down my neck bone right there. We may just be apathetic. But it will lead to complete apostasy in our children. We may just not take God seriously and are lackadaisical and, and, and lukewarm in our religious fervor. But they will completely walk away from God. Because apathy leads to, say it with me, apostasy. But watch what apostasy leads to. I told you I was going somewhere. And I told you this was going to pertain and this was going to relate to our time right now, what you're seeing on, on TV. This last point, you can go home and turn on, on your news channel and you're going to see this. It starts, it starts with what? Apathy. It continues to what? And it ends in anarchy. It ends in anarchy. Let me give you the definition of anarchy. Let's read together. Let's read it again. A state of disorder due to the absence or non-recognition of authority. The Bible says in the verse we read, and by, by the way, I didn't tell you this. You remember I said chapter 17 through 21? 21, right? Last chapter, 21. Chapter 17 through 21, God just gives you some snapshots of what the time was like. Specific personal pictures. Do you realize that chapter 17, in chapter 17, we have the verse that says, there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. In chapter 21, you have, there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. 
In other words, that period of time was bookend by the truth and by the fact that there was no king in Israel, so every man did what was right in his own eyes. Now here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with every man doing what is right in his own eyes. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? What does that mean? People say, oh, just go with your heart. No, no, don't do that. Who are you going to marry? Who are you going to be? Oh, just go with your heart. No, 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 don't do that. Your heart will tell you to love the wrong one. It'll tell you to do the wrong things. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. But when you have no king, you just do what you think is right. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that the people throwing rocks through windows and burning buildings down, in their mind, they think they're doing right. You know why? They have no king. There's no sense of authority. There's no standard to live up to. There's no authority in their life. If there is no king, there is no law. If there is no law, there is anarchy. There is no authority. Are y'all with me? There's no standard to go by. There's no right or wrong. Just do whatever you feel like you need to do. There was anarchy, complete See, that's anarchy right there. (laughs) They ended in civil war. Let me read this quote. Let me read this quote. It's going to sound like a preacher, but it's not. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our national sins and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. This, This was written in the proclamation for the National Day of Prayer by Abraham Lincoln. We know the time. Civil war. Anarchy. Preacher, what are you saying? When there is no king, there is no authority. People just do what is right in their own eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to come back to God. Laws are not going to change our country. Political powers are not going to change our country. The only thing and the only person that can bring peace to our country and establish order in our country is to get back to the king. 
The Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Abraham Lincoln said we have forgotten God. The Bible says in Psalm 9 verse 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Watch this. And all the nations that forget God. God has blessed our country beyond any country on the planet. God blessed the nation of Israel beyond any people on the planet. Yet they forgot God. We have too. 